This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 5th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. What's a proper U.S. role in the affairs of Venezuela? Should Venezuela's relative proximity to the U.S. change how the two nations engage? Cato's Juan Carlos Hidalgo comments. John Bolton has uh, made the case on behalf of the Trump administration that the U.S. interests in uh, Venezuela are greater than they would be in in foreign countries because we are part of the same hemisphere and has even tweeted almost I just almost couldn't believe it that he's tweeting out that uh, Mr. Maduro and uh, his uh, friends ought to find another place to live and have a happy retirement or something like that I, I I don't remember the exact words but at the same time you know, the, the fact that Venezuela has had problems and that the U.S. seems to be nudging or is it seems intensely interested one way or another also seems problematic. So what is your view generally on the U.S. relationship with respect to uh, Venezuela either throwing out its old institutions or throwing out its, its old leaders uh, and going back to what they had back in the early 90s and 80s. I agree that we cannot compare the situation in Venezuela to that of countries in the Middle East, uh, Iraq, Libya, Syria, or in Asia, like North Korea, when some people discuss that the United States is trying to promote regime change in Venezuela. What we have in Venezuela is 80% of the population, over 80%, according to most surveys and polls, that want their democracy back. Uh, let's not forget that Venezuela was a strong democracy back in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, it was actually, for most of that period, the only democracy in South America, along with Colombia. Uh, so they have a, a quite the democratic tradition in Venezuela, but it was a flawed democracy, of course, and that explains the uh, rising of Hugo Chavez in the 1990s, and then the a sudden collapse of democratic institutions in, in the last 15 years. But now there is a strong opposition and most of civil society that want to get rid of their dictator, Nicolás Maduro. And in that regard, they hope to count with the support of the international community. And right now they are enjoying the support of most Western democracies. We see that not only the United States is supporting the Venezuelan people and their interim president, Juan Guaido, but also Canada, most Latin American countries, and 13 countries of the European Union, along with Australia and Israel. So I totally believe that it will be inappropriate for the United States to intervene militarily in, in Venezuela. I think that will be counterproductive. And in the long run, it will be a big mistake. But... I do believe that the United States is in the right side of history in this particular moment by supporting Guaido and by letting the Venezuelan de facto authorities, led by dictator Nicolás Maduro, that this is their opportunity to move on, to leave the country, find new, new places where to live, and allow uh, Venezuelans to reconstruct their country. Beyond recognizing new leadership officially, what should the U.S. role be, if any? I, I'm in favor of targeted sanctions 
on individuals within the Maduro regime. And that is something that uh, began with the Obama administration and that the Trump administration has been also uh, putting in place, preventing members of the military, preventing civilians in Maduro's cabinet to have assets in the United States, to visit the United States, to own financial accounts here in the United States. Let's remember that uh, it is estimated that uh, over 300 to 400 billion dollars have been stolen from Venezuela uh, since Chavismo came to power in 1999. Most of that money is not in Venezuela, it's abroad. It's either in the United States or in European uh, bank accounts. So by engaging in these targeted sanctions, the United States and Western governments are making life difficult for members of the regime. So I support that. And now, along with diplomatic recognition, comes also some economic pressure in the sense that, let's not forget that Venezuela, the Venezuela's state-owned company, PDVSA, has a subsidiary here in the United States, CITCO, which imports about 500,000 barrels of oil per day uh, from Venezuela and refines it here in, in, in Texas and, and Louisiana. Well, the United States, by recognizing Juan Guaidó as the legitimate president of Venezuela, has granted control of CITCO to uh, uh, that government of Juan Guaidó. That means that the regime of Nicolás Maduro is going to be deprived from the income of exporting oil towards the United States. And I think that that's going to make life a lot more difficult to the regime. Of course, that carries the risk of also inflicting pain in the population, and that's a, is a big bet. But right now, all the efforts of the international community are targeted towards convincing the military, which are the ultimate arbiters in this crisis, convincing the military to switch their support from Maduro to the legitimate government of Juan Guaidó. If you live in Venezuela, uh, and if you're a supporter or you're an opponent of the uh, Maduro crew, for lack of a better term, uh, you would be forgiven for thinking that the United States may be trying to orchestrate uh, a change. Let's, let's remember how we got here in the first place. Uh, last May, uh, Venezuela held a presidential election. Uh, it was a deeply flawed presidential election, even under Venezuelan standards. Most of the opposition was prevented from fielding candidates and from contesting uh, the election. Uh, most, uh, the biggest opposition parties were banned. So it was a sham of, of exercise, of electoral exercise, and most of the Western Hemisphere, European Union, United States, Canada, and, and Latin American countries, said that they wouldn't recognize the results of that election. Uh, well, on January 10, Nicolás Maduro was sworn in as president for that second term of which he was elected in that sham election of you know, last May. The National Assembly, which is controlled by the opposition, uh, declared that uh, Nicolás Maduro was an usurper, uh, and they invoke Articles 233, 333, and 350 of the Venezuelan Constitution, claiming that there was an absence, an absolute absence of a president, and thus the responsibilities of government, of the executive, will fall under uh, Juan Guaidó who was the president of the national, who is still the president of the National Assembly. So there is another myth out there that Juan Guaidó proclaimed himself as president. No, he was 
bested the powers of the presidency by the National Assembly, the legitimate uh, uh, National Assembly. Also, most Western governments, the European Union, Japan, uh, again, United States, Canada, and Latin American countries, recognize the National Assembly as the only legitimate political body of the Venezuelan government. And thus, what we have now, what we're facing now, the situation we're facing now is that we have a legitimate government and a de facto government. The de facto government is led by Nicolás Maduro, who still has the support of the armed forces. Now, let's remember that the armed forces are deeply involved in corruption in Venezuela. They run the oil business, they run food distribution, and that gives them plenty of opportunities to steal, to smuggle, to engage in drug trafficking. Several members, high-ranking members of the military have been named by the Treasury Department as uh, drug kingpings. And thus, the incentive for the military to remain loyal to Maduro is pretty strong. They know that the alternative is facing justice in Venezuela for crimes against humanity or crimes for human rights, uh, corruption, or even facing extradition to the United States for uh, drug trafficking. So this is why both the National Assembly, which passed a law granting amnesty to, to the members of the military who facilitate this democratic transition, and the international community who's sending these messages to the military also, like, if you al allow for this transition to take place in a peaceful way, you won't face the consequences of what you've done in, in recent years. So we're not facing a coup here. We're facing calls for the military to recognize the legitimate government of Guaido which is perceived as legitimate by our overwhelming majority of our population, Venezuelan population, and by most of the Western countries. I don't consider that a coup. I just think that Venezuelans want their democracy back and that the military are the ultimate arbiters in that big decision they have to make. Juan Carlos Hidalgo is a policy analyst for Latin America at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 